America's favorite pastime, the boys of summer. If you build it, they will come. Baseball is considered an American family tradition with ties to pivotal events in American history. In fact, if you simply Google the words America's favorite pastime, you will find article after article romanticizing everything about the game. But as is the case in most things, there are risks and dangers involved with baseball. There's one specific risk to fans and families attending baseball games that seems to get little to no attention, although it should. Worse yet, there is a seemingly simple fix that also appears to be largely overlooked. My guest for this episode is Jordan Scott, recorded via phone call on October 8th, 2021. Jordan speaks to us about this issue, past and present incidents, as well as the solution that baseball seems to want to ignore. Never forced, never coursed. Open discussions about things in life that matter to you most. From tech to TV, movies, and gaming, and everything in between. Visit voluntaryinput.com to subscribe, contact us, and find out how you can support the show. Catch new episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere else you listen to podcasts. And be sure to join us every Friday night at 11 p.m. Eastern and Saturday night at 11 p.m. GMT for Weekend Chill, exclusively on Mixcloud. Good evening to you. <laughs> nice to talk to you. You as well. Um, so you're out in New York City, huh? I am New York City resident and um, travels a lot for different work, but still New York is uh, where I'm belonging when I come back from time to time. How's the weather in New York? Is it fun? Uh, it's, it's been spring-like the last couple of days. You're out in Cincinnati, according to the uh, phone number, or are you? Uh... Yeah, yeah. Okay. So okay. we're swinging on into fall. It's actually it's actually nice out. You know, we always have blistering summers in Ohio. It's... Yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> the humid humidity capital of the world. Yeah, yeah. You're right by the ballpark, by the bridge, going into Kentucky. But I'm I'm outside. I'm a little further out, but okay. Yeah. Okay. The great, great American ballpark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had never attended a game, but I walked around the outside uh, a couple years back. Yeah, they, they, I think they did a great job on the, the park itself. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, what, what can you expect? There, there, there's a lot of money involved there, so. Yeah, it's a nice ballpark, I'm sure. It looks nice on TV. So you mind telling everyone else just a little bit about yourself? Oh, okay, great. Yeah. Uh, got involved a couple of years ago on this campaign. I thought we were all seeing these foul balls come by us for our baseball fan careers. Um, and I thought it was time to do something about it. Just, uh, knowing what I found out over the last few years, it's alarming and it's shocking. And it, I'm wondering why the fans hadn't been really properly informed about the risks they were taking with their families. So. Yeah, I mean, sure, there's a risk with lots of things, but I think families would have, if we turned back the clock, would have appreciated the courtesy of saying to their children uh, that, that, yes, there will be children maimed, and we want to give you some advance notice of that. I don't think it was actually portrayed that way, and if it had been, we would have had integrity in the game. Since we didn't have that communication with the with the with the insiders of the game, then there's no integrity in baseball. 
So did did you ever play baseball yourself, or are you just just a fan? Oh yeah, no, I'm a baseball guy. It's my favorite sport growing up. But my little league career ended when I was 16, and uh, then I got to softball, as one would call it, the bigger ball, um, and played that as an adult. Um, and just yeah, just a long time Met fan. Actually, was at a big game when I was a little kid, 1973. <laughs> for the big red machine really filled out yeah. in 1975 and 1976 when I attended game five at Shea Stadium with my right. sister and my dad. And that was the deciding game. And the Mets ended up going to the series, but not beating the Oakland Athletics. Absolutely awesome. Hey, you, um, interesting side story. You know, yeah. you know what happened with Pete Rose, right? Yeah, that was game three. And then game four, he hit a home run, which I was happy. And then why, why well, I, as a nine-year-old, was I rooting for him to hit a home run? Because then I could take off school the next day and go to game five. <laughs> well, I, I meant his uh, career-ending uh, shenanigans, I guess is the best way right. to put it. Right. Uh, I bring it up because, ironically enough, so we have a casino here called Hollywood Casino. And they yeah. closed it down for redesign and remodeling. Well, they reopened it. And they brought him in to be the first ber- first person to place a bet. Right. <laughs> and so I had to explain to my son the irony there. <laughs> yeah. 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 That, that's got to be a really interesting ongoing debate with Pete Rose. I, I really, really enjoyed watching him play when he wasn't playing against the Mets uh, <laughs> growing up. But the man could, the man could hustle. And I was perfect name. Charlie you know, he looked like he was running like the wind, yeah. but his legs were moving. That's what we know. His legs were moving. Whether they were moving at any particular, they weren't Joe Morgan speed, but it was, right. it was speed for sure. Yeah, I still think he got he got kind of a raw deal. I mean, we've seen baseball players mm. do worse. Um, mm. so, interesting. I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it's an interesting story and, and stuff, but. You know, we all all teams probably have their own long term controversies. That, Absolutely. You know, that that you know, what is gonna be the ongoing debate in court of public opinion. Locally, you know, some may say that the the, the Giant fans are, you know, a little bit of too much of a homers with Bar, with Barry Bonds. And, mm-hmm. and maybe they'll say the same thing a little bit about Cincinnati or, or uh you know, a New York controversial figure with the A Rod, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. So you know, you know, what do you go? Where do you go with the whole A Rod saga? And now you see him on a weekly basis, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Oh boy, you know. So you get discuss whether we want to hear him all the time. <laughs> so there's all kinds of things. Like, there's all kinds of just, things. Just go away. But no, he's on regular nightly, weekly, whatever. You know that kind of. Thing. <laughs> so the, those fans that do want him to go away, well, he's not. And those fans that do believe he's justified and whatever. So that's what makes. You know, that's where we go. But here I feel like this is um, a nonpartisan issue, if you will, fallible yeah. issue. And I think I can reach all people, including all the naysayers out there. I do believe if, if you present it in a certain way to even those naysayers who say, mind your business or get off your phone or pay attention to your children or if you don't want to come to the game, don't come. I'd love to get into a conversation with any of those folks. You know, and I do believe, um, you know, there's a lot of those folks out there. But I believe those fans could move to another direction when we bring up children. 
once we say that maybe all of those years of all of us coming to the games was almost like running with the bull. And are you allowed to bring your kids to go run with the bull? And maybe we should have taken those choices away, similar to from the parents. Maybe the same thing as they would say something about the seatbelt. I right. think most people would agree, no matter who you believe in, is that was a good thing. And yeah. parents will, will, no longer can parents let the kids roll around the back. Sorry. We know, statistically speaking, it ain't right. So we're putting this belt law into place. And, and that being said, you know, I'm pretty harsh on baseball. I can't be, you know, if you look at my website, I compare them to big tobacco. Well, I tell you. That's a whole other can of worms, so I'm happy to get into it. Well, I'll tell you, I was kind of shocked. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, and I check it out your website. I'm even looking at it again now. Uh, foulballsafety.com. Uh-huh. No, foulballsafetynow. Foulballsafetynow.com, right. Um, okay. I honestly thought this was a done deal. So what? there was a death, right, mm-hmm. from this. And then it was all over the news. There was lots of talk about netting. And then we, it just seemed like you didn't hear about it anymore. So I figured, well, I mean, it, it sounds like such a simple fix. Mm-hmm. So what, I don't understand what the problem is. Well, I can give you the audit that I've been doing. And you spoke of the one death uh, in the last, uh, in, in the major league games, the two deaths that occurred in the last 50 years were Dodger Stadium, ironically speaking. Wow. Um, but. I mean, it could have easily been Philly or Cincy or any places with close proximity. But it just so happened to be, uh, you know, quite, uh, it happened to be in L.A. Uh, in 2018, Linda Goldblum had, got killed by a 93-mile-an-hour ball behind mm. home plate. So even the net behind home plate wasn't high enough for her because it hit her, and she died a few days later. And also in 1970, Alan Fish died he, behind the first base dugout around that area maybe a few rows from the field. And he, he also got hit, and a few days later, he died. Um, so baseball knew since 1970 for sure that it wasn't a matter if something would be crushed, it's when. And then in 20, and then with the 2018 scenario with Mrs. Goldblum at Dodger Stadium, it was, his, it, was, it was Mrs. Goldblum's daughter six months later who was doing research and found an ESPN article, and the ESPN article mentioned not her, not her mother. And he, she called him right away. Mm. Willie Weinbaum. And Willie was like, oh, my God, I had no idea. So Willie didn't even know till six months later. And and she was, you know, part of that sad uh, story. Um, and then, then in 2019, how I got into this conversation was, after the little girl in Houston got smashed by Almora, I was like, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. And... I found out that all these half measures are all staged. It's all political. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, because in 42, at least 42 minor league ballparks this year, I did my own audit in 2021. And what did I find out when I called 100 minor league facilities? I spoke to the box offices, spoke to nearly 100 of them, asked them a simple question, where does your nets go? They gave me the sections, and they said 40, at least 42 of them said no netting past dugout where did that little girl get smashed in Houston past the dugout. dugout yeah so I'm just saying we need what what can be the the only way without just kicking the can down the road and before somebody really gets seriously injured again is if finally 
public policy, regula- regulations, people don't like regulation, maybe it works with seatbelts and kids, maybe it needs to happen here. And what they'll do is they'll sign their own architects and engineers, and they'll come in, and they'll survey the situation, and they'll know how high, how far, how wide the nets need to go. And then they can hang a sign in every one of the 120 minor leagues and every 30 major leagues, 150 total that are left in the, in the professional MLB world, would be hang the sign. This, was, this ballpark was inspected by the Independent Netting Council, yada, yada, yada. This ballpark is naming free. Have a nice day. How about that? How crazy of a concept is that? I just it's don't, not that hard to do. Uh, yeah, it's not. And I don't... So would you say it's a matter of the nets need to be higher and wider, maybe? I'm saying it's above our pay grade, Leo. Get an architect and engineer to study it for a day or five. And they'll come up with a plan. How high? How far? How Yeah. You know what's going on. There's 20,000 foul balls that reach the seats at MLB every year. And more than one of them are going 100 miles an hour. That's what I was getting to next. Yeah, that's what I was getting to next. People got to remember, these are high-speed projectiles flying at your face. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. They they read. So I don't care about the ones that come up and down. If you want to debate what's cool and what's still not cool or what's cool, all good. But stop those missiles from reaching the kids at a half second. What are you kidding me? A second, whatever it may be. I've not said. Cool. I've said. I here. Here's what. Here's another thing. I think. Yeah, um, sure. I know people like me. Probably most people because I've sat in those same sections. Yep. And when you're there, you think, man, we got some great seats. You're yep. like right up on the players and whatnot. Yep. You you don't even really think about there is a chance that a high speed projectile can fly and hit me in the head. Yeah. yeah. So we don't. I even, have a video. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have a video on the website, Foul Ball Safety Now in Tampa Bay before the nets were above the dugout. Uh-huh. Uh, and it shows it going between those two guys. And if that was in 2015, whenever it was, right before the nets went above the dugout. If that connected with one or two of those men, oh, that would have been the end of it. And in Peoria, Illinois this year, Cardinals affiliate started the season with no nets at all above the dugouts. And they gave me some lame excuse. The nets were on order. How they could allow to operate. The- <laughs> and I said, are you kidding me? Our locally, local eyewitness news put, put it on TV. I actually, I did go for a few dollars and I rented out an airplane and it towed a banner. I singled out Peoria. Hey, I Peoria, saw that, yeah. safety now. You know, it's like, are you kidding me? And 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 it's just like, they know in advance. It's a matter of not if, but when things will get crushed. And how families, all these years, and I hate to paint everyone's good times and their memories, but you know what? Once they realized they could have been part of a weekly or a biweekly statistic to the emergency room or right. worse, they're going to say something like, wow. Baseball knew this in advance? Yeah, they did. And they didn't tell us about it? Nah, they did. And all they did was put it in microprint to cover their behind just in case it did connect? Yeah, that's what they do. They never put that microprint up on the scoreboard because all of a sudden families would be it's, reading it's, it. You know where you, like, you, it's on the, oh, should we be here? It's on the back of your ticket stub. Yeah, and now it's on the back of the e-ticket, and nobody's seen it. Now. Nobody looks at that. I'm never... Nobody's looked at it. And so then... I really do equate all everyone's good times. They'll think about, when they go to think of foul ball, they're thinking of flirting with fun. 
They're yeah. not thinking about flirting with danger or death. And unfortunately, they're going to realize that they were in those statistical places. Not that it was likely to happen to them, but they don't want to be part of a weekly statistic or no a way, no way. or part of a collective group. That's what I kind of And did you did? And I'm trying to. I'm reading here, and you there is led. There's a court ruling that they can't be held accountable for these things. <laughs> So here's what usually happens, um, and and there's probably been hundreds of cases brought forward, but I can only really comment on the ones that I've known about a few class action suits. But there's one particular case in Chicago that's making some headway, which I'll get to. But what usually happens is if somebody gets seriously injured and they want to take it up with, with the courts, they don't even usually get out of their lawyer's office. Their lawyer will say, sorry, the baseball rule has been around for over 100 years. You can't help it. And then a very, and then maybe it depends on what state they'll get to the early rounds of the court, and the judge will say same thing. Sorry, this can't, this case cannot proceed. And then once in a while, the case actually, the plaintiff has, is actually making some momentum with the local state and the judge, and the judge will send yes, okay, let's see what baseball knows. Let's go for the discovery, and that's when baseball gets nervous because they know that the plaintiff is making consideration with the judge, making some progress and getting consideration from the judge, and that's when baseball gets nervous because they don't want all that data inside the MLB to see the light of day. You know, I'm implying I'm not a lawyer, and I'm not saying this is fact, but I'm implying when Manfred gave the key, when Selly gave the keys to Manfred, he said to Manfred, and Manfred's a very smart lawyer. He said to Manfred, you make sure those secrets stay secret. we got to keep the image of baseball wholesome. And, of course, Manfred says, I know, I know. So any time that a judge used the word discovery, that's when baseball made the settlement. The only way that information would ever see the light of day is if the plaintiff and the lawyer says, you know what, we're not going to take the settlement. Let's see the discovery. And that hasn't happened as of yet, Rio. So that would be amazing. But it has. So I'm going to identify all of these things in the book. Don't have the book ready yet. I don't have a larger audience to put it on front of. But when I do, uh, I think people will be finding it to be a compelling read. I, like I said, it just shocks me that this, I don't understand, especially MLB. Why is this so hard? I mean, these nets, considering the amount of money they pull in, because usually that's what yeah. it boils down to is money. The amount of money they pull in, I'm sure these nets, where they need to it's be, would be money. just a drop in the water, a drop it's in the not bucket. The money. Yeah, it's not the money. It's the romance of the game. And not, but it wouldn't take away. From, do you think it would take anything I, away from the game? I mean, I don't. They, don't, they, they should have said in 1970, guys, whether the nets are. You know, whether the debt, whether the nets are brutal or not, we can't operate a business here. The regulatory agencies are going to come in after us. So let's just finally discuss this. This is why we need nets in these sections. But they never did that, and they still haven't done that yet in 2021. So shame on them for not doing that. They should have had this conversation in 1970 after Alan Fisher died and leveled with the fan base, saying, hey, here's the nets. Because if the nets weren't right, or if this was for adult sections only and a mutual consent, that's one thing. But bringing your kids is something else. If adults want to go flirt with danger and death, 
cool. And if baseball portrays it that way, like, hey, you might be part of a weekly statistic. You sure you want to come? I do. Well, all right. We recommend you wear a helmet and a glove like they do in Japan. In certain sections, they allow you to call it the excitement. But they don't. One case I'll get to, that which I brought up, is making momentum in 2018. Eddie Rybarski, unfortunately, got smashed in the face at a White Sox game in Chicago. So the judge just said in, in Illinois a couple of months ago, I think it was June, something like that, you guys could look up the case, Eddie Rybarski. There's a term I learned, which I had no idea what it was, but we can all look it up, called willful and wanton. Willful oh, yeah. and on yeah. And that implies, she's suggesting that baseball had prior knowledge that they mm-hmm. knew that Mets did not go further or higher than they should have, that they should have gone from the beginning. That's very strong. So I'm very excited about that term. So she's basically saying that MLB or the White Sox could have done more and should have done more to prevent this from happening. If the Nets needed to be 100 feet and you only did it 30 feet or 70 feet, you'd kn- you should have known better to do it more. And you didn't. You made a conscious decision not to. I wonder if and it's like there. I'm not a lawyer, but I'm trying to express it. Yeah, I, wonder, I wonder if it's uh, the thought that, well, it doesn't happen enough, so it's not yeah. that big of a deal. Yeah, they haven't made any, you know, major, you know, in the way. They just haven't, you know, there was no social media 50 years ago when Alan Fisher died. Um, and clearly, uh, there have been people that have tried to do these change.org campaigns. Little pa- little kids been smashed. One of the videos that I have, I tried to get in touch with the family, but that was maybe 10 years ago. They don't want to talk about it. It shows what can happen when a ball reaches a, a child in a, cer- in a certain section. Now, maybe City Field in New York has actually put the nets up in that area by now, but clearly in 42 minor league ballparks, it shows what can happen when there's no netting past the dugout. So this little boy, 10 years ago, was smashed. I think his mom tried to do something in change.org. But listen, it's not easy. You're not going to just, I'm staying here. I'm, you know, I'm going to be the guy to stay the course and I will get attention and, and I will shine a light on this. And it is a negative light. And it's not just the Major League Baseball. It's all those people that are inside the game, including the players, mm-hmm. and the donors, uh, and, of course, the broadcasters and the announcers. The announcers live a double standard as well. They're, they're not being honest with their audiences. We never heard the TV broadcaster ever say anything like, you know, if that guy gets hurt, he's not even covered for his medical. Or when did you ever see a sideline reporter go down after a beer got exploded to see if anyone, if everyone was okay. They don't want to make the people nervous at home. You know, I call it the baseball industrial complex. So here it goes. Baseball is there on the top of the pyramid. And below that, you have the publishers, which is newspapers, editors, and writers. You have, you have broadcasters, which are the producers who run the cameras and the guys who are talking, the broadcasters. And then you have the sponsors. I wrote the sponsors of, uh, of uh, Peoria, and they were Caterpillar, huge, huge company. I wrote them, right, basically saying, shame on you for being naming sponsor. Didn't you get the memo that no nets over the dugout in, like, every place but Peoria? Hello? You know, so please check out those letters. They're all up on the website. 
Voluntary Input is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it. Go to anchor.fm slash start to join a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I just have to say, I'm flabbergasted. I, like I said, I thought, especially after the death, was it in 2018? Well, the, 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 this I is thought, all that's interesting and notoriety. But it was, just, it was two child, two children that got really smashed. Yeah. It was the Jacobson girl in New York in Yankee Stadium in 2017, and then the Almora young girl, uh, the girl who got hurt by Almora. And, yeah, and, and 2019... I, I, I started saying, you know, not enough. I started self-publishing these articles, which you can see. I said two, I said a few weeks into this journey in 2019, no Hall of Fame for baseball writers, because they're journalists. They should have stuck together on this issue a long time ago. And all owners should be forced to sell the team. And I stand by that now. And I know people are going to get pissed at me, but I'm even including the baseball players. There should be no Hall of Fame for baseball players, because They've also been telling their families for years not to sit, to sit behind the net. The coach, the reason why the coaches are wearing helmets, a, a Mike Kuba, a coach in, 28, in 2008, I think it was 2008, he died. He got hit in the head. He actually got hit in the neck. But I never heard of this. Yeah, well, the reason why the coaches are wearing helmets, uh, they weren't wearing helmets prior to 2007 or 2008 until Mike, who was the coach in the minor leagues, he got killed. He got hit in the neck. But uh, just the same, they were all wearing helmets. I heard he was hit in the neck. Okay. But that being said, how ironic, when Mike Kuba's wife, please all Google Mike Kuba, he was the coach that was killed in the minors. To some credit, MLB took an initiative, and the following year all the coaches were wearing the helmets in the minors and the majors. Like I said, I think he was hit in the head. I mean, in the neck, so maybe they should be wearing a neck guard, too. But, all right, just the same. They're at least wearing helmets. Right. That being said, his wife said that when he was a player in the 1980s, he, how ironic, he's the guy who got killed, he would scream at his wife in the 1980s to sit behind the nets and not to talk to the girlfriend. (laughs) Sit behind the nets. And he would come up as a player during the game, and he would find her in the seats. Maybe there was 100 people in the seats and the kids find her. But either way, he found her. And he wow. could go behind the net. And how ironic, he was the guy who got unfortunately killed. I interviewed a lady from 1979. And it's not just, it, you know, goes back. A lady by the name of Jenny. She's going to be in the book. Powerful impact statement that the world needs to hear. And they're going to hear. And these people are going to find us at Fowlball Safety now. I only know a handful of impact statements and stories, including Erwin Goldman, who's been to six or seven of my Zoom calls this year, and his wife was killed. But getting back to Jenny, Jenny said, she gave us the whole story, and then she said years later when her child, when she had a child years later, she was 14 when she lost her eye at Shea Stadium, she was so relieved years later when she had a child that her child chose not to be baseball, not to, not to take interest in baseball. People still have the effects, and they pass down to generations. And then I spoke to another couple, Rick and Laura, about three months ago, and they're also in the book. And Rick 
doesn't watch the game anymore. Doesn't does is bitter. Didn't get his bills paid for. Actually, he had decent medical insurance, so he didn't need it as much as other people did. But then there's a guy by the name of Dwayne Soa, and I say his name, his full name, because he doesn't mind putting his full name out there. Dwayne Soa. Oh boy, and uh, he was part of the NBC report. And the NBC report was very good, and there was another uh, report that was very good. The NBC report was was a was, they surveyed as many first aid independent contractors as they could at all thirty MLB parks, and four of them shared the data, maybe redacted, but the data. And with all the numbers, NBC report, everyone check it out. Foul ball injury is two thousand nineteen. I imply that if all the teams participated, there'd be 5,000 people from 2012 to 2019 that would have reported the first date. The LA Times said 4,500. So I'm close enough. So out of the 5,000 people who reported the first date, I believe certainly more than one of them was smashed with a 100-mile-an-hour ball. How many 100-mile-an-hour balls went into the seats from 2012 to 2019? I believe... MLB knows it because they have that stat cast. They know every ball. Every oh, they know every stat, yeah. They know everything. They know everything. So, so, so is it possible that in 2011 or 2012 when they were using stat cast that they knew that 100-mile-an-hour balls were going to reach those particular sections where the Jacobson girl got smashed and in 2019 where the Houston girl got smashed? Guys, this is an inquiry. Now, I don't know. I'm just saying, I'm implying questions. I would like answers. Um, uh, how could they not are, know? I mean, come well, on. Well, then I think then, 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 uh, I said the moral imperative should have been there years and years ago. That's the fascinating part for me. That's why I'm just so flabbergasted. They, okay. you know, they knew that. And I can't okay. believe, like I said, I was shocked when, you know, you first contacted and I'm like, wait, that's still a thing. I thought they. Took, I think it is. Check I thought out the they took care of this video. a long time ago. Yeah, was, and unfortunately, the <sighs> beer can that was crushed in Arizona, and there have been people hurt this year. And sometimes it takes this digging state by state and going through newspapers. And I'll have a full account of all of that I've found when the book comes published. But I know of at least forty-three children named since two thousand eight, and it was accounted for mostly at major league games. And I believe that the number could be three times as many because there were three times as many one minor league games. And I believe a lot of data just was not collected at the minor league level. So that being said, um, uh, there was a beer can that was crushed this year in Arizona in the beginning of spring training. And that's one of the Arizona ballparks where there's no netting pass dugout. So everyone laughs, ah, ha, ha, ha. but a beer can was crushed. Couldn't it have been a human being. Couldn't it have hit a post and a ricochet and, yeah. Somebody, yeah. sure, and 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 Cal and and the Angels. I think they give them a they gave the guy a bat and a case of beer, and it's all a joke, ha ha ha. But guys like Gerwin Goldblum, when they tell you when they have when you hear their impact statement, uh, you'll be shocked. You'll you'll know people don't think it could happen to them. But in 2019, Kelsey McKenney from Deadspin reported at the at the minor league le- at the major league level. Um, 15 people maimed in a 26 and one half week season and she documented all the injuries of those people and they were very serious some of them and uh, mostly had injuries from what I recall uh, 
concussions, other things that change your life. Two Alexis's who have also been part of my Zoom calls. If you guys noticed, I did have some earned media. I did hire a publicist. It wasn't the investigative piece that I was hoping for, but it at least touched on the subject. L.A. Times, L.A. Daily News, Forbes Magazine, um, Boston Globe, a few others, which is great. You know, mentioned foul ball safety now. But the two Alexis's who have been to my Zoom calls, and I've had an opportunity to talk to these places, including People Magazine. They, they did a mention in one of these articles. I actually never spoke to them. They made me fill out some questionnaire, but heck, I got some notoriety. I got some notice for the cause. Yeah, your name but the got two Alexis's, one was four when she was smashed, and one was seven. One was se- uh, ten. What now? They're both fourteen and seventeen. The fourteen-year-old Alexis has post-neurological issues and she can have that the rest of her life. Oh my goodness! The other Alexis is seventeen. Talked about her experience. Uh, she used it as a paper to to represent her high school to go to college or something. Her intro, introduction paper, her mm-hmm. essay, and she used that experience. And fortunately, she's okay now. But she came like an inch from her temple, which <laughs> could have been the end of that. Wow! And this is and she was actually in a place in a, in a common area looking to buy food, like in you know these small minor league ballparks. Everything is. You know, you're buying food, you're waiting online, and clunk a ball connects with you. So mm. she had that. Um, and a few other people have been part of my uh, virtual Zoom calls, including Erwin Goldblum, his daughter Jana. Um, they don't want to see it happen to anyone else. All these people that I know have strong impact statements, and they're going to be in the book. And out of those 4,500 or 5,000 people who reported the first day to Major League Baseball, and possibly three times as many more in the minor league over those nine years, eight years. Wow. Because that was the first one in the major league. The NBC report, everyone should check it out. NBC report foul balls 2019. It says what it says. And I implied 5,000 people reported per se. LA Times guy said 45. This is calculation. That being said, I want those people to find us a foul ball safety now. I want to hear their impact statements. And certainly, I rented out another plane over Iowa during that, that Field of Dreams game about a month and a half ago. Yeah. I said with Kevin Costner and all. Well, I said, <laughs> let's fly a plane. And I did. I did not. I rented it. I uh, towed a banner that said, Field of Scream. Next, foul ball safety now. And people down below saw it in the, in the area of the game. So that was helpful. And I believe those people, before, and, and I want to get Iowa citizens involved, those people, next year they plan on doing another game, another Field of Dreams game. I want the Iowa citizens to say, don't stage your fantasy games here. You do right by all those people. You do right. You, you apologize to them. And the only way they'll accept your apology, apology is if you end this baseball rule and you call in an outside agency like an independent netting council of regulatory agencies, who will come in and do a sweep of all the ballparks and tell you, not you tell us, because you can't. You can't do it right. You haven't done it right. There's ever going to be integrity in baseball. We need an independent netting council outside of baseball of architects and engineers, not their own. Right. And they'll tell us how far, how wide, how far, how high, how wide. And even in these minor league games, they don't even have, they don't even, I was at a minor league game in Brooklyn and 
years ago, and somebody told me the same story. You're standing outside, and there's no plan. There's no alarm that goes off to, to warn the people out on the street that the ball is coming out. <laughs> now, it might not be the same impact as a screaming line drive, but still, there should be a plan in place. Yeah, That's a home discussion. That's outside the ballpark. Well, but certainly inside the ballpark, inside, bring in yeah. those engineers and architects, and if they still have time, they can work on the outside as well, for sure. And all this information can be found at foulballsafetynow.com. All the videos that you've mentioned, uh, there's even a petition for people to sign. Uh, there's a place where they can contact you. Like you said, you want some of those uh, testimonials. Uh, there's also sure. th- this video, I this all-star shame video. I see you got some other people involved here out getting yeah, petitions yeah, signed. Uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, uh, that wasn't an airplane. But I, I did hire a crew, and they had a 4 by 8 banner. Right, right. Just to make a statement at the all-star game, instead of saying all-star game, I wrote all-star shame, you know. I had a couple of phrases that worked. Certainly the one in Field of Dreams, Field of Screams, just to bring attention to the people. So they were walking around the outside of the ballpark before the game began. I created a video. It's up on the website. And yes, there are a few petitions, one to repeal the baseball rule, one for adding more nets. Hopefully this would find its way to the legislators and be an act of Congress one of these days. I think they go hand in hand. If you end the baseball rule, you're going to have to have the Nets. So there's two separate petitions. Certainly want to keep the pressure going. And, um, yeah, I mean, if anyone knows anyone who's been injured by a foul ball or anyone personally had an experience that it hurt them, uh, you know, whether it's 50 years ago or a couple of days ago, please let me know. Um, it's very professional. We can talk off the record. I can bring in Brendan, who's my ghostwriter, or more than a ghostwriter, my collaborator, and we work on everything together. It's been a great journey with him, so we can interview you and push record. So however, which way you feel comfortable, or if anyone has expendable dollars and wants to help me make a statement, there's another plane to rent and another statement to be had. So yeah. I'm happy to... I'm happy to Anyone who has a couple of dollars or just wants to talk and get curious about this. So happy to talk to all and, and respond. Info at Foul Ball Safety Now or FoulBallSafetyNow.com. Info at FoulBallSafetyNow.com for direct message. And there's Twitter things and Facebook things. And, um, yeah, I hope we covered a lot, Leo. It sounds, really- yeah, it sounds like we did. Uh, when, do, when do you anticipate the book will be finished and released? Any... Yeah, I mean, I would love to say, you know, you know, here, here the book's going to be ready in 30 days, but, you know, the stories still keep coming. Right. Uh, I met a 12-year-old over the phone a few weeks ago who interviewed for the book, still exploring that whole journey uh, with him, but he, he gave us some really powerful quotes about his injury, more people, and, and, and his experience with the courts, so that's going to be in the book. Um, as long as these stories keep coming, and I believe this is only going to add to the quality of the book, um, I'm working with people who are, you know, more grammar, more literate than I am, if you will, with the book styling. So I, I'm happy to, um, you know, follow their advice, but I will have final say on, on how we message, how we put it together, how we construct the uh, chapters. But I guarantee you guys, uh, baseball doesn't want to see this coming. The baseball writers do not want to be reminded about this. 
broadcasters do not want to be reminded about this. And certainly the baseball players union doesn't want to be reminded about this because guys like Tony Clark and Rob Manford who knew this and knew it was a problem. Certainly Tony Clark, who was a baseball player himself, uh, head of the union, probably a minor leaguer 25 years ago, knows that there's 5,000 minor leaguers going to 750 jobs and they're all making pennies an hour, whatever they make, very, very little. And their journey will end at some point and they'll have to give up their dream of becoming MLB players. They know more than anything because they experienced it too. They probably had this conversation with their own families when they were in their 20s about sitting behind the net. So these 5,000 players are bearing the burden knowing they're in a community that can be the next one to do the maiming. And just the same, even if they're not the ones to do the actual maiming, they know they're part of that collective experience. Can't we finally alleviate that off their shoulders and finally can protect all those fans in the minor leagues? I think we can. So enough of this tokenism. I don't want to hear, oh, they negotiated four times the collective bargaining for more nets. Yeah. We still have meanings. We still have injuries. It's 2021. Yeah, they could have done and, something about it a long time ago. Yeah, <laughs> yes. And it's not, crust, it's not mud on your face. It's crusted mud on your face. Because that's what this book will share and yeah. expose. So I, I hope uh, we continue this discussion. I'm always happy to talk. And I'd love to get a representative of another side that wants to come and feel or talk about this. You know, because right now, I guess I am the undisputed narrative gladly be disputed i'd love to be disputed but unfortunately you know maybe that'll be the title of the book you never know but i maybe i'll be disputed before the book goes into publishing so i won't call it the undisputed narrative right who knows we'll keep it going <laughs> we'll keep adding to the uh, salad bowl there's a lot of ingredients in there and and we'll shape the book the way it needs to be shaped so well, I wish yeah. you the best going forward. I think this is Thank very you, important. Uh, this is a very important, very important work that you're doing. Uh, I'll be, I'll bet um, a lot of people when they hear this, they will be surprised to know that this, like myself, that this is still such an issue. Um, it seems like such a simple fix, but as we as we know now, it's like nothing's ever just a simple fix. And unfortunately, there's me personally, more, more to it. Yep. Me, yeah, me personally, I think it. I I think it's unfortunate that it always tends to boil down to the money, and you know you're going to put people's lives at risk over money. I we, think it's a little bit about the wholesome image about yeah. showing that this image is no more, no more, no longer wholesome, and there were people making conscious decisions to kick the can down the road and. Who knows I mean, we have really a, we, we're supposed to we're supposed to live and learn. I mean. If something, if we're doing something and it's hurting people, we're supposed to learn from that and then correct it and move on. I, like I said, I don't see how this could hurt the game, but what do I know? <laughs> Listen, I think it's just, there's no integrity in the game. And unfortunately, I don't believe people deserve any higher honor, like Hall of Fame status, when they know that this is part of the landscape throughout. And uh, that's more or less what I'm trying to share and, and bring to all of our attention. You know, you know. However, we all look at this chapter as we were discussing on the top of the show about how we look about our favorite ball players and how they are looked at. We'll, we'll all have an opportunity to chime in, but I feel I think I'm bringing a lot of information to the table, and certainly can't wait for this opportunity to discuss it on a bigger stage with with more representation. So that would be great if if they do show up. So yeah, well, you you keep us keep posted. 
keep yeah. us keep us posted. Stay in touch. You're welcome back on the show anytime, especially when you're when you know when you're done with the book. Come back okay. and let us know all about it, and you can promote it, and you know, just come back and keep us keep us updated on uh, how this all unfolds. I appreciate it. Leo. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank all right, thanks for joining us tonight, Jordan. We'll 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 talk at you later. All right, thank you. Thank you. Bye bye.